invite you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. For our second Advent sermon, we're looking at Jesus. Who will this child be? This child will be the Son of the Most High. That is the theme, the title of this morning's sermon, the Son of the Most High. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, let us now hear God's word. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's ask God's blessing in a time of prayer. O Father in heaven, may your word and spirit captivate our hearts and minds and point us to Jesus, the Son of the Most High. May you continue to show us the depth and breadth of his love for us. As we consider this morning and look at your word and consider the profound depth of his nature and character, that he is indeed the son of the most high God. May we be amazed by our Savior and Lord, and our eyes fixed upon him, our great King of kings and Lord of lords, in whose name we pray, amen. Congregation of Christ, who will this child be? That is the Advent series title. This morning we consider the title of Jesus, the Son of the Most High, Who is Jesus? This is still and always will be the most fundamental question that any human being must ask himself or herself. It's also the most fiercely debated question in human history. Who is Jesus? Who is he, really? To you, who is Jesus? If you were to ask people in DeMont, you would take a survey, walk the streets of DeMont, if you can find people on the sidewalks of DeMont. 
and you ask them, who is Jesus, what kind of response would you get? I remember hearing an interview of this popular rock star in the 70s. Some of you may remember Alice Cooper, who became a Christian. And in his interview, he said that the gospel of Jesus Christ needs to be preached because our young people, the only thing they know about Jesus Christ is that he's a swear word. Think about that. If so, if you were to survey people and ask especially the young people who Jesus Christ is, many of them would say, oh, he's a name that I use in a sentence as a swear word. The whole of the Christian life and doctrine depends upon who Jesus is. And Scripture alone truthfully and faithfully and clearly teaches who he is by nature. What the angel declares to Mary, what he pronounces or announces to Mary, is something so incredibly profound that even in our finite minds, we can't fully grasp the depth of who Jesus is. But thankfully, we can apprehend. We can embrace by faith a small faith, an inkling of a faith of who Jesus is because of God's Spirit at work in us. The Scriptures teach that the child born of the Virgin in Bethlehem really is the Son of the Most High. The Old Testament foretold and anticipated the coming of God's Son, and the New Testament reveals the fulfillment of God's Son who has come in the flesh. Who will this child be? The Word teaches us that Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, declared to the young virgin Mary that this child conceived in her womb will be conceived by the power of the Most High. You notice that at verse 35. So the Son of the Most High will be conceived by the power of the Most High in the virgin's womb. He will be human, possessing a fully human nature. However, he will be from everlasting to everlasting. You ever hold a baby? I'm sure you have. Most of you have hold, held a baby. Can you imagine holding in your hand the eternal son? Mary had in her womb the eternal son, held in her hands the eternal son. Try to wrap your mind around that. Who this son is. He will be great. And we heard a sermon on that last week. But he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high or the son of the highest. Most high means lofty. Means highly exalted. Highly exalted above the nations. Exalted above every creature and created things in heaven and on earth. This is where the Son comes. Who He is. 
He will be called the Son of the Most High because the title, you remember, Jesus is his proper name. But he would be called, he has a title or a description of who he is in the title, Son of the Most High. And the title describes the Son's divine nature. The title describes his superiority. And the the title describes his reign. Those are the three points of our sermon this morning. The divine nature of the Son, the superiority of the Son, and the reign of the Son. First, the divine nature of the Son. It's a description of his person, his nature. Yes, we talk about the work of Jesus Christ, the work of the Son. But what the the angel is saying here is that he will be called the Son of the Most High, referring to where he is from, who he is by nature. When we talk about a son of a father, we're talking about a relationship between father and son, aren't we? When we talk about the relationship between a son and a father, what are we talking about? We're talking about a relationship, a union, a family unit. A son is a son of a father via natural birth or adoption. And a son also has the figurative meaning, and this is important. In the Bible, a son has the figurative meaning of a person sharing the same nature as the father. So someone may say, well, if he's the son of a father, then he's a created being because he had to be born, right? I mean, humanly speaking, that's what we would say. But when the Bible talks about sonship and the son of the Most High, we're talking about figuratively meaning that the son has the same nature or essence of the father, And so he is the natural son of the Father, natural son of God. And that's why our uh, confession, the creed that we confess, that Jesus Christ is very God of very God, begotten of the Father, not made. Not made. That is, he possesses the very essence of God. So Mary held in her arms, and Joseph held in his arms, the very... Son of God, who is of eternity, who is also human. Jesus makes a very profound claim about himself. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 9. I'm sorry, John chapter 10. John chapter 10. This is an example of what I'm talking about here about the figurative meaning of son. I'm going to begin at verse 29 of John chapter 10. Jesus had talked about how he gives eternal life to his his sheep, his people. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of his hand. And then he says at verse 29, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I 
and the Father are one. And then what, what happened? What's the response? The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? Jesus answered him, or the Jews answered him, It is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus calling himself the Son and equating himself with the Father told the Jews, and they know this, that when you equate yourself with the Father, I and the Father are one. Jesus is saying that he is divine. He is God. So who is this Jesus you worship? Who is this baby that will be in the manger? Humble. Who is this Christ that you and I believe and proclaim and share with others and talk about and speak about and pray to? The angel of the Lord proclaims a great, profound mystery when he says, He that is Jesus will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. God in flesh visited sinful humanity, and he brings salvation and mercy to broken sinners like you and me. God, the Son, leaves the eternal dwelling to assume a human nature comes to earth. God the Father sent the, the Son to save, forgive, and heal because He loves you. Because He loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, His one and only Son, His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Take note of the future tense, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. There have been false teachers in past generations who argue from this verse that the future tense means that the child will become the Son of God, or become the Son of the Most High that he was born just a human being like you and me, but eventually in time, God made him become his son. There was a religious heresy called, or a Christian heresy called adoptionism, where Jesus adopted sonship. You remember at his baptism, when the, son, uh, the spirit descended upon him, and the father says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Well, these same teachers say, see, God adopted him as a son and bestowed upon him the title of son. And so they use a text like this as a proof text to say that Jesus was never born or never was son of God or son of the most high eternally.
They just teach that Jesus was the greatest example of sacrificial love. And he really truly taught us what it means to give one's life to God. I dare to say that this is the common view today, even among churches. Jesus shows us only or just that he's simply one who shows sacrificial love and we have to follow him only as example. Note the word only. No, Jesus is the Son of the Most High. He is eternal God in flesh. The hymn writer rightly penned, Silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. I would be going so far as to say, Jesus, Lord, at thy conception. Always was and is the Son of God, the Almighty. The future tense does not indicate that at one point the child was not the Son of God, no. If the child wasn't the son of the Most High at his conception, at his birth, then he would not possess the fullness of deity. And if he did not possess the fullness of deity, then he would not be Lord and Savior. He could not save you and me from our sins. He could not be the perfect righteous one. He would be a man just like every other man. He would not be great as we heard last week. Jesus, who, who will this child be? He will be the Son of the Most High, possessing a divine nature. Secondly, the superiority of the Son. Because he will be and is the natural and eternal Son of God, he has superiority over all things, all powers, all dominions, all kings in heaven and on earth. He controls all things and is Lord over all. Every molecule, every atom is under his control. So this child born, the one that Mary and Joseph held in their arms, possesses authority and has control over all things. Every storm and wave of the sea are under his control. Weren't the disciples and apostles amazed? Who is this that even the wind and the rain obey him? Truly you are the Son of God, they exclaim. This is who the child will be. This is your Christ. This is your Savior. The one who has superiority over all creation, over all created things, even the angels of God. Think about it, the very angel Gabriel that announces his birth, his conception, was created by the Son of the Most High. The angel Gabriel exists because this son who is to be born, who lived in all eternity, created him. 
in Hebrews chapter 1. In the book of Hebrews, the author pleads with Hebrew Christians to persevere in faith because Jesus is superior and better than the Old Testament prophets, priests, and kings. He is superior to angels. The author of Hebrews writes, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, on high. He is from the highest, and that's where he went, back to the highest place of authority and power. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. What is the name? Son. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings forth the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. This title, Son of the Most High, describes the superiority of the Son, and the angels declare Gloria in excelsis Deo, glory to God in the highest, because he is from the highest of places, from God's throne itself. He's not only superior to the angels, but he's also superior to all kings and rulers and dominions. He is superior to the kings of old, who were called sons of God. Last week I mentioned that kings were called gods, and indeed they were because they represented God in heaven. They sat on a throne. Well, Jesus is the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. The kings of old were called sons of God, not by way of natural right. They were called by God to a unique office of kingship before the Lord and the people, but they died. Jesus Christ, the Son of the Most High, is Son by natural right. But how did the Jews receive his ministry? How did they receive him? They called him a blasphemer. They said he performed miracles in the name of Beelzebub that he was doing the devil's work. Can you imagine that? The son of the most high being accused as a blasphemer and doing the work of the devil. That's interesting because the only other times that you hear Jesus actually being called the son of the most high is when the angel Gabriel speaks of it here, but the demons call him the Son of the Most High. It is the demons who call him and recognize him to be who he really is, the Son of the Most High. Now his apostles and disciples called him the Son of God, and indeed he is. But the specific title, description, he was not called the Son of the Most High by anyone but Gabriel the angel and the demons, because there's something supernaturally powerful about this title, about who Jesus is. He was not only accused as a blasphemer and 
a doer of works in the name of Beelzebub or the devil, but he was also despised and rejected by men, crucified as a criminal and lawbreaker. He suffered and died in solitude, paying the penalty of our sins, condemning sin in his body, condemning sin in his soul, bearing the wrath of God for us. And yet, even in his death, even in his suffering, he is superior to the powers of evil. Even in his suffering and death, he defeated the powers of evil, putting to death sin, putting to death the tyranny of the devil in his death and resurrection. Congregation, this is good and great news. Or as the angels say, this is good news of great joy that God has visited our broken world and heals our broken hearts because the Son of the Most High has visited us in the person of Jesus Christ. In the city of Manila, the city is known for large garbage dumps. And it's very interesting and sad when you think about who spends time on the garbage dump? People. It is recorded that people actually live in the garbage dump and find their food in the garbage dump. Even to this day. You go to very difficult and places of the world, third world countries, where the same lifestyle exists. I think it's a metaphor also of what the Son of the Most High did. He came to the garbage dump of humanity filled with sin, to hearts that are rebellious, that hearts that are depraved, a garbage dump to save us. To give us spiritual food and drink. To say, I'm going to take you out of that dump and I'm going to place you in my kingdom. I'm going to place you under my reign. I'm going to place you under my goodness and grace. I'm going to give to you everything you need. A home, a life, a hope. so that you will know the garbage dump no more. And so Christ sends his missionaries to places like Manila to proclaim to them who this Son of God is. Yes, you're living in this difficult, painful context, environment right now, but there is a place for you a city of God, a heavenly Jerusalem that awaits the people of God, those who love him and believe him. Is that you? Is that you? Who is this child to you? 
Today we want a therapeutic Jesus. We want a Jesus who can fix all my problems. And then when push comes to shove, and I'm placed in the corner and suffering, I can no longer say, my Jesus, I love thee, because I am in this place right now. If that's your response, do you really know this child that was born? Do you really know who he is and what he's called us to? Jesus says, in this life you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And those who overcome the world are those who have faith in him. The Son of God, the Son of the Most High. Thirdly, lastly, the reign of the Son. Gabriel just told Mary, listen, he just said, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, or the Son of the Most High, which means that God is his Father. But then Gabriel says, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David. So the angel is saying this child to be born is both son of the most high, but also the son of David. He will possess a human nature. And this son of the most high will reign on David's throne. According to his human nature, he is the son of David, the inheritor of of the Davidic throne, and he is going to sit on David's eternal throne forever because he is the Son of the Most High. He died and rose again and ascended into heaven, never to die again. At Luke chapter 3, verse 23, the genealogy says that Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age, being the Son, as was supposed of Joseph, the son of Heli. We know, congregation, that the child born or conceived in the womb was by the Holy Spirit, the, the power of the Most High. He didn't have an earthly biological father. So what's going on here? By way of adoption, Jesus became the son of Joseph. The rightful heir to the eternal throne according to his human nature. Fulfilling the promise to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. At Hebrews chapter 1, verses 7 to 9, the author writes, Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. The angel says that he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no and his kingdom will have no end because he is the divine he has the divine nature of God he is the superior one over angels and kings and lords and dominions and therefore he is the one who has the eternal kingdom in his hands this is the child whom Mary is holding in her hands this is the child who Joseph will hold in his hands 
the divine King and Lord who is righteous and just, who lived a perfect, righteous life, a humble king in his earthly ministry, but now he is the exalted king in heaven. And he rules and reigns over us by his word and his spirit, his presence. It's astonishing, amazing, and yes, perplexing. All at once, that God's Son should humble himself, taking the form of a servant, to become a man yet without sin, and also possessing a divine nature in order to rescue a dying and hell-bound people. He who is from the highest of places and the highest of rank dwelt among sinners to save us. Hell is canceled. Heaven is gained. Hell is defeated for the Christian. And therefore, we no longer live in the domain of darkness because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of the Most High, rescued a people for himself. And if you trust in him, you become a son of the Most High God. Not by natural right, but by way of adoption. Where we cry, Abba, Father. Do you know, Christian, that you, by faith, have become a son, which implied in their daughter, a son of the Most High God, because of your elder brother, Jesus Christ. Abba, Papa, Father. He will be great indeed. He will be called the Son of the Most High because He is divine, He is superior, and He reigns. Turn to Him and have eternal life. Turn to him and repent of your sins. Believe in him. Enter his kingdom. Know his grace and mercy. Know his peace and joy. For only those who love him, been called according to his purpose, believe in his name, will know the peace of God, the Son of the Most High. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we pray that as we bow our hearts before your throne, that your word would renew our minds and hearts, that your word and spirit would give to us a deeper biblical vision, a profound understanding of who Jesus, the Son of the Most High, really is. May you, O Lord, renew in us the joy of the gospel of our salvation. 
May you, O Lord, cause us to humbly bow before the throne of grace. Bow our hearts and even our very selves, even our very bodies. May we bow before the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of the living God. If we are not amazed by what your word teaches, woe are we. If we're not astounded and amazed by your great love for us, Awaken, O Lord, our sleeping souls. For there is no one greater than Christ Jesus our Lord. There's no one highly exalted and who has been given the name that is above every name, that every knee shall bow and tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. Father, in this season of life, may the very Son of the Most High empower us to live our lives in worship and praise, to live our lives for your glory and honor and not for ours, to live our lives in the strength and power of the Spirit so that in any trial and tribulation we can say it as well with our soul because he brings peace to our hearts. Oh, Father, we pray that Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords, will be our all in all, because in him we lack nothing. For from him, comes every good and perfect gift. We pray this in Jesus' name.